Okay, I want to encourage you to take your lesson notes from your program this morning so you can follow along and be an active listener with us as we study together. We're in the midst of a series of lessons entitled The Fruit of the Spirit, Nine Virtues of the Christian Life. From Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our goal in this series is to learn how we can develop and display these nine inner qualities of a true Christ follower in our lives. Now as we begin today's lesson, let me direct your attention to the chart that I provided you there in your notes. You'll notice three columns, the first being the fruit of the satanic nature, what they call antithetic fruit, the second being the fruit of the sinful nature, artificial fruit, and then the third column being the fruit of the spiritual nature, authentic fruit. I wanted you to see these side by side for comparison. You can study this on your own later at home. I don't take time to uh, try to go through it right now. But you'll notice it's that third column, the fruit of the spiritual nature, authentic fruit, that is the focus of our study from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and so on. So to kind of take a look at that at home later and kind of get your arms around that a bit to try to understand the different natures, the satanic nature, the sinful nature, the spiritual nature, and the fruit that comes from those three natures. The fruit of the Spirit, nine virtues of the Christian life. To date, we've studied seven of these nine inner qualities of a true Christ follower. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. That brings us then today to the eighth virtue of the Christian life, the eighth fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit produces in and through our lives, and that's gentleness. Read Colossians 3 and verse 12 out loud with me. Let's read this together. God loves you and has chosen you as His own special people, so be gentle. <laughs> I thought that was kind of unique that it says God loves you. He's chosen you as His, as his people. Now, first thing I want to talk about here is be gentle. <laughs> Gentleness is that important. And as we consider the fruit of gentleness together, let's begin with defining gentleness. Our text says the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. And to help us understand this definition of gentleness a little bit better, look at how some other translations have worded this same phrase, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. King James Version, the fruit of the Spirit is meekness. William Barclay, the harvest which the Spirit produces is the strength of gentleness. I really like that phrase, the strength of gentleness. The message, God brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like not needing to force our way in life. That's the word gentleness. Not needing to force our way in life. The Amplified Bible, the fruit which the Holy Spirit's presence within accomplishes is gentleness or meekness or humility. J.B. Phillips translates, the Spirit produces in human life virtues such as tolerance and 
forbearance. Now frankly, this Greek word, praeutes, is a bit difficult to translate into English. In fact, there in your notes, I wrote this out so that you would have it. Follow along as I read. Vine's Expository Dictionary New Testament Words explains, It consists not in a person's outward behavior only, rather it is an inwrought grace of the soul. And the exercises of it are first and chiefly towards God. It is that temper of spirit in which we accept His dealings with us as good, and therefore without disputing or resisting. This meekness, however, being first of all a meekness before God, is also in the face of men, even evil men, out of a sense that these, with the insults and injuries which they may inflict, are permitted and employed by God for the chastening and purifying of His elect. Hmm. Vines goes on to explain, the meaning of praeutes is not readily expressed in English for the terms meekness, gentleness, or mildness commonly used suggest weakness. It must be clearly understood that the meekness manifested by the Lord and committed to the believer is the fruit of power. The common assumption is that when a man is meek, it's because he cannot help himself. But the Lord was meek because He had the infinite resources of God at His command. Actually, in its roots, this word praeutes was used to describe a horse that had been broken and harnessed. I mean, what a great word picture. A wild horse is a picture of strength and power. And when that horse is tamed and bridled, it still possesses the same strength and power, but now it's just under control. The free spirit, the wildness is broken. The strength is harnessed. The power is bridled. Now folks, that is gentleness. You see, to be gentle or meek means that our self-absorption has been broken. Our self-will has been harnessed. Our self-centeredness has been bridled. To put it as simply as I can, to be gentle or meek means selflessness. Selflessness. Again in your notes, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones puts it this way, meekness is essentially a true view of oneself expressing itself in an attitude and conduct with respect to others. The meek man does not demand anything for himself. He does not take all his rights as claims. He does not make demands for his position, his privileges, his possessions, his status in life. To be meek, in other words, means that you have finished with yourself altogether. Let me read that last line again. To be meek, in other words, means that you have finished with yourself altogether. Wow. Again, the key idea here is selflessness before God and before others. Now, there are only two people in the Bible who are actually called meek or gentle. The first is Moses. Numbers 12, verse 3 tells us, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. And the second, of course, is Jesus. Matthew 11, verse 29, Jesus Himself testified of Himself, I am meek and lowly in heart. 
Now, if you carefully examine the lives of both Moses in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament, it is quite evident that both of them were very powerful and highly influential people, weren't they? And yet neither one of them misused or abused their power for selfish gain. Instead, they chose to put the needs and interests of others before their own. And in a spirit of gentleness, selflessness, they used their position and privilege for the benefit of others. See, that's gentleness, meekness, selflessness in action. Now with this definition in mind then, let's move on to demonstrating Gentleness. Read Philippians 4 verse 5 out loud with me. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, how do we let our gentleness be evident to everyone? What are some specific ways that we can demonstrate meekness in our relationships? What are some practical situations where we can practice selflessness in our daily lives? Well, as I research this Greek word praoutes and how it's used throughout the New Testament, here are six suggestions I have for you for demonstrating gentleness or selflessness in our everyday lives. Six practical situations. I think you'll see that these are everyday situations. Number one, when we are related to others, be understanding, not demanding. When we are related to others, in other words, family, be understanding, not demanding. One of the primary places where gentleness needs to be practiced is at home with our relatives. Sometimes I think we're more meek or selfless with others than we are with our own family members. Would you agree? Yeah. Look at what Peter wrote to married couples, 1 Peter chapter 3. In verse 4, he addresses wives. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle, there's a word, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. Then in verse 7, Peter addresses husbands. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding. Now there's the same word, praoutes, gentleness. Treat her with selflessness, meekness as you live together. Certainly the golden rule, treat others just as you want to be treated, applies with our spouses, children, parents, siblings, and any and all other relatives as much as it does with anyone and everyone else in life, right? But the point is, when we're with family, don't be so demanding. We need to practice gentleness, selflessness, first and foremost, at home. So when we're related to others, be understanding, not demanding. Number two, when we are corrected by others, be teachable, not unreachable. When we are corrected, somebody confronts us to correct us, be teachable, not unreachable. 
Listen to the instruction of Proverbs 13, verse 18. A person who refuses correction will end up poor and disgraced, but the one who accepts correction will be honored. Likewise, Proverbs 15, verses 31 and 32, we're told, profit from constructive criticism. To reject criticism is to harm yourself and your best interest. So let me ask you, how do you respond to criticism from others? What's your reaction when someone gets in your face to correct you? Are you teachable? Are you open and willing to learn? Or are you unreachable, closed? You you know, already know it all. <laughs> Reminds me of the father who placed an ad in the local classifieds. Complete set of encyclopedias for sale, never used. Teenage son already knows everything. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, we're just like teenagers. We think we already know it all. How dare anybody correct us? See, we've got to be gentle, though. We've got to humbly, meekly, selflessly receive correction. So when we're corrected by others, be teachable, not unreachable. Number three, when we are confronting others. Now this is the flip side of what we just talked about. When we are the ones confronting others, be gentle not judgmental. Be gentle, not judgmental. Read Romans 14 verses 1 and 2 out loud with me. Welcome with open arms believers who don't see things the way you do and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Treat them gently. Ah, there's our word again. Treat them gently. Somebody aptly said the only exercise some people ever get is jumping to conclusions. The point is we shouldn't be so nitpicky, so critical, so judgmental, so quick to find fault in other people. And even if there is a real issue that needs to be confronted, then we must do so with selflessness, humbly, meekly, tenderly. This attitude of gentleness is especially important when we're confronting someone who's caught in sin and we're seeking to restore them to the Lord. Paul put it like this in Galatians 6 and verse 1. If someone is trapped in sin, you should gently, ah, there's the word, you should gently lead that person back to the right path. Gently. Selflessly. So when we're confronting others, be gentle, not judgmental. Number four, when we are in disagreement with others. You ever have any disagreements with other people? Yeah, like every day. When we are in disagreement with others, be tactful, not just truthful. Be tactful, not just truthful. Ephesians 4.15 reminds us of this important truth. We must speak the truth with the accent of love. I just tell it like it is. I just speak my mind. Well, truthfulness is good, but not if it is not accented by love. Truth without tact 
is wrong. Listen to me. Truth without tact is just wrong. We need to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. So when someone takes issue with us, we need to learn to be gentle, meek, selfless, humble in our response to them. Proverbs 15 instructs us, a gentle response diffuses anger. Kind words help and heal. Cutting words wound and maim. 2 Timothy 2, verses 24 and 25 puts it this way, God's people must not be quarrelsome. They must be gentle. There's the word. They must be gentle. Be patient and humble when you're trying to teach those who are mixed up concerning the truth. For if you talk meekly, there's the word again, if you talk meekly and courteously to them, they are more likely with God's help to turn away from their wrong ideas and believe what is true. Good advice. So when we're in disagreement with others, be tactful, not just truthful. Number five, when we are offended by others, be constructive, not destructive. When we are offended by others, somebody offends us, be constructive, not destructive. What's our usual response? When someone hurts us, well, we automatically want to get even, don't we? We want to strike back. We want to settle the score. But what does the Bible say should be our response? Read these verses in Ephesians 4 out loud with me. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. Simply put, when someone offends you, don't offend them back. Be constructive, not destructive in your response to them. Don't be like the truck driver I read about this past week who was quietly eating his dinner in the corner of a truck stop restaurant and some bikers burst through the door. One of them walked up to the truck driver, picked up his plate of spaghetti and smashed it on top of his head and then picked up his coffee and poured it into his lap. The truck driver didn't do anything. He just got up and paid his bill at the register and left. And one of the bikers shouted to the restaurant owner, Well, he's not much of a man, is he? And the restaurant owner replied, Yeah, he's not much of a truck driver either. He just ran over 12 Harley-Davidsons on his way out of the parking lot. (laughs) We cheer for the truck driver. Yeah! But getting even, that's not... Being meek and gentle, that isn't selfish, selflessness. Paul instructs us in Romans chapter 12, ask God to bless everyone who mistreats you. Whoa, did I read that right? Look at it with me again. Ask God to bless everyone who mistreats you. Yeah, I read it right. We've got to bless those who mistreat us? Whoa. Let's read on. Don't mistreat someone who's mistreated you. Don't try to get even, but defeat evil with good. Boy, don't miss that last line. Defeat evil with good. See, gentleness, meekness, is not only turning the other cheek, but it's doing something good to someone who has done something bad to us. 
Whoa. So when we're offended by others, be constructive, not destructive. And number six, when we're witnessing to others, be helpful, not hurtful. When we're witnessing to others, when we're sharing our faith, be helpful, not hurtful. Look at Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Be tactful with those who are not Christians yet. Talk to them agreeably and with a flavor of wit and try to fit your answers to the needs of others. (laughs) This is one of my favorite verses, by the way, on witnessing. It influences my preaching and teaching and much of what we're attempting to do right here at Springville Naz. Why? Because, I don't know about you, but have you noticed that there are so many Christians, there are so many churches who mistreat unbelievers. <laughs> they do. They're, they're hurtful. I mean, they're obnoxious, quite honestly. The things they say and they do are not gentle. They're not selfless. They, they treat those who don't know Christ as though they are the enemy. They are not the enemy. Yes, they may walk with the enemy and be under the influence of the enemy, but they are not the enemy. There's only one enemy, and that's Satan. And God loves people who don't love Him yet just as much as He loves those of us who do love Him. And we need to learn how to love unbelievers in that same way. Gentleness is so necessary to sharing our faith. Let's read 1 Peter 3 and verse 15 out loud together. If anybody asks why you believe as you do, be ready to tell them and do it in a gentle and respectful way. Don't miss that. Do it in a gentle... There's that word again. A gentle and a respectful way. So when we're witnessing to others, be helpful, not hurtful. Here then are six practical ways we can demonstrate gentleness or selflessness in our daily lives. Number one, when we're related to others, be understanding, not demanding. When we're corrected, number two, when we're corrected by others, be teachable, not unreachable. Number three, when we're confronting others, be gentle, not judgmental. Number four, when we're in disagreement with others, be tactful, not just truthful. Number five, when we're offended by others, be constructive, not destructive. Number six, when we're witnessing to others, be helpful, not hurtful. Fruit of the Spirit. This morning we focused on the eighth virtue of the Christian life, the eighth quality of the inner character of a genuine, authentic Christ follower, and that's gentleness. Galatians 5, 23 tells us the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, meekness, humility. Selflessness is something we must allow the Holy Spirit to produce in and through our lives. This is certainly not going to come from our Sinful nature, is it? It's going to be our spiritual nature in that charge, that third column. It's only the Holy Spirit who can produce gentleness or selflessness in and through our lives. 
Let's wrap up today's lesson by reading 1 Timothy 6 and verse 11 out loud together. Would you read it with me? Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with gentleness. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. Pursue righteousness and a godly life. And then first and foremost in the list of how to do that is gentleness, humility, meekness, selflessness. May it be so.